When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When it comes to radio, AMP hits different. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. From hip-hop to house music to heavy metal, discover new-to-you tracks and playlists made by music lovers who know what's good. And that includes you. Jump in the chat or call in to share your taste and add your own picks to the mix. Download AMP. That's A-M-P for free in the App Store or go to onamp.com. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And of course, today is Bravo Friday, which means we will be covering pretty much all of the Bravo shows. And I am joined by one of my favorite people on the planet, Allison Pivovarsky, the executive editor for The Dip. How are you, Allison? Hi, Sam. I am doing well. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. (laughs) It's, you know... I love having you and you are the first person I think of whenever I need. When you when you need someone in a pinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was supposed to have a guest, you know, just podcast life. Yeah, I do want everybody to know that the two times I have been on recently, I have been a fill-in, an alternate, but I am fine with that. I'll be honest. Like in high school, I felt like I was always the alternate on... The sports teams on palms that I was just like, oh my God, you, know you were a palm girl? I sure was. Oh. I danced for like 16 years of my life. What? Yeah. I can perform a little ditty for you when we're together. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm not like Kyle Richards about it where I'm obnoxious, but like I can do the splits. Still? It's one of those things. It's like once your hip flexors go too far, they just, there's no coming back. My hip flexors do the opposite. They're too tight. (laughs) Okay, so first let's talk about the Potomac reunion. What were your thoughts? Oh, so first of all, I love the look of this season, like this season's reunion. Mm -hmm. We've touched down on this before. I'm having a tough time with Candace and it's a tough season to be a Candace fan. It's a tough year to be a Basset Hound. And she just keeps digging deeper and deeper. And like this reunion was no different. And it was really, it looks like on Sunday, we're going to get 
them like kind of going in on her about, you know, like she's neat. She needs to stop, you know, like she's taking things too far, but there's no accountability there. So I don't know what to expect really. It's like, I'm not, it's like, I can't ask for a miracle. Right. Well, it's almost like she knows everyone hates her or like people dislike her. And she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just not like, I'll she's just, leaning in. Yeah. She's like, if you hate me, it is what it is. But at the end of the yeah. day, I trend every Sunday on Twitter. And she get is people to leaning the into the being the villain this season, which is like to a degree. It's I'm fine with it. How do you feel about Mia? Oh, Mia, one quotation, Thornton. I know. Yeah. I, okay. People on Twitter were like, she's lying. She's lying. She's yes. lying. I personally don't know if she's lying. I just don't think she's that smart. So I just think she like just set just says whatever, and she de- she doesn't remember things she says. I don't necessarily think they're lies. She catches she catches herself in a mm-hmm. lot of contradictions. A lot. a lot of contradictions. It's very Kelly Ben Simone. Oh, it sure is. Like very much that. Yeah, I mean Kelly Ben Simone though. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I would go that far to Mia with Mia. <laughs> no, but I mean, like when it comes to her contradictions, like I don't eat processed foods, but I'll eat jelly beans. That right. is like a oh, very yeah, yeah, Mia yeah. thing. I feel like she would say, but this mm-hmm. whole idea that like G didn't help her with oh. the bat crack business is just not true. Yeah, but he's an investor, right? <laughs> but he invested before when she had massage envy, right? Which he helped her with, but he is not an owner. But he right. did give money mm-hmm. to own the company. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, me, what? Just own it. Like, also, here's the thing. And I don't remember if somebody said this during the reunion or the somebody was me screaming at the TV. Uh-huh. Just own it. Who cares uh-huh. if your husband has a lot of money and helped you fund a business that you have then taken to a semi-mediocre success? Right. Just own it. You mm-hmm. know, like. I think that we like put so much pressure on these women to be like the Bethany Frankels of like from riches to poor or from poor, not riches to poor from what's the saying from, from rags to rags riches. to riches, <laughs> you know, like we're like, she's at Costco handing out samples. Like we don't expect these women to be all, everyone doesn't need to be like that. It's not just like a, a formula. Yeah. And I think Mia, like, it's okay if you if you're mm-hmm. happy with what you're doing now, just own it. And I, I wish that she she would. I don't think that she will. And there's this whole thing where she's like, I don't run my social media. It's like, girl, you're lying. Like I need them all all housewives to get off of that that uh, train. Um, you know, I didn't enjoy the glances to Giselle by Andy Cohen. I didn't enjoy that. It was like he was. Looking for her to be like, you're agreeing with me. Like Signaling it just, her. Yeah, it felt very like Bethany reminiscent, like how he would do that with Bethany a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of conversation with like him and his favorites. And yeah. I will say like on Potomac, he definitely does not, doesn't do a good job hiding it. No. Well, on any of them. To be no, honest. he doesn't. And people, of course, are comparing how he talked to Candace to how he talked to, let's say, Erica or anyone else. And you know, Candace, it's tough. There's it's it's tough being a basset hound. Mm-hmm. But I'm out here. We're out here. We're out here howling. Stream drive back. 
deep space is in space. It's an honor and a privilege to even be asking for your consideration for a Grammy Award. <laughs> Never forget that tweet. I mean, she submitted multiple. I know. Multiple things for R&B category. It's so weird that you have to like tweet for your consideration. Like, yeah. it's like, ma'am, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, I, I'm... You know, but I, I'm looking forward to Andy Cohen coming for Mia a little bit next episode where he's like, so you're the new disaster on Twitter because <laughs> she is. Yeah. Disaster. And she, and she, all of, I mean, you kind of have to be to be on this show though. Do you? That's why like, I would be so bad. I don't even use Twitter. I deleted it. So, I oh. mean, I, ha- I have one, you can follow me on it, but you're not going to get much, but yeah, I mean, I, you have to have some type of a chaotic social media presence it's somewhere on on a platform if you're a housewife yeah if you're a housewife and twitter is just so easy because it's screaming into the void and sometimes you can say things and it doesn't get picked up because there's even more crazy things that are happening in the world that day it just gets drowned out yeah yeah totally well i feel like that pretty much wraps up potomac Uh, yeah it was actually a little underwhelmed by it the same way like potomac just kind of flopped towards the end one thing that i will just say before we move on I really was so annoyed that they did that Nicki Minaj thing because I was like, we know she's coming on. Like you've been teasing it for months. Mm -hmm. Why are you making us think that like, she got like sent a FaceTime video in that was Mm -hmm. filmed with like a potato Mm -hmm. and she's like, I just can't be there. And we're like, no, you are going to be there in like two hours. Yeah. You're literally in the building. It's just such a, it was such a weird thing for them to do because we were like, and dang it. And I really don't enjoy that she's doing anything at all anyways. She's going to come in for like a a quick five cues though. You think? I hope. I heard she goes in on Ashley specifically and uh, Giselle. Spoiler. Interesting. Well, you can go in with one, one question if you do it right. That's very true, Allison. (laughs) Very true. You can cut a bitch down with one question. And I mean, Ashley has gotten that a lot this season, so. Well, Darby's Barbie, baby. That was upsetting. She did look beautiful, though. Stunning. Gorgeous. They're all beautiful. I love when they all match. Like, they're all in a pink look. Yeah, I hate the color. I mean, it looks like a tacky bridesmaid's dress, but they all, all, in all, they look beautiful. Yes. I mean, I would never really lean into a fuchsia moment myself. I'm but not like a fuchsia last year girl. they did yeah, mustard. <gasps> they so did. like we're, I, I don't even know if that's better or worse to be honest. But I think compared to whatever the Beverly Hills girls were wearing, that was a train wreck. It was so <laughs> Everyone really was like a fucking mess. Yeah. They look better going to like a dinner in mm-hmm. Berlin than yeah. they did at that reunion. <laughs> Berlin. Berlin is when Erica wore the latex outfit and then almost got hit by a bicyclist. And she like looked at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. That I know exactly great. what you mean. Yeah. And she had the bang. Mm-hmm. The bang. She had to use like, um, I don't know, like talcum powder to get into the suit. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like Amanda Batula. In- it really was. Let's talk about Salt Lake City. Oh. I mean, who cares about the dinner? The, we have arrived. Uh, the culinary experience. We can touch down on it real quick. Mary's mm-hmm. Italian accent is that of uh, 
genius. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. It, mm-hmm. She, I, if you told me that she was born and raised in Italy, I would believe you. Her graphic design skills, even better than her Italian accent, her sense of humor out of this world. The woman is the woman is unhinged. An all-star, in my opinion. She is. I don't I don't have fun watching Mary because okay. she is actually somebody who I find like she's just a problem. <laughs> Not even like problematic. She is a problem. Okay. She is the problem. And I don't have fun watching her. And it's unfortunate because like I think I liked her better in the closet last season where she just had like these little quirky moments. Mm-hmm. But like now that she's out of that closet and hosting events, like you can't rationalize with this woman and it's not, it's not fun. It's like the way I compared it is like Ramona meets Ramona period, Sonia on her water pills and Vicky when she's like six tequilas deep. Is how you think Mary comes off. On a normal day. All right. Okay. So like, you're like, you can't get through to her. No, I personally find her to be Riveting. <sighs> Allison, I know. It's tough. It's tough. I find her to be hard to watch. I do. But when she sent out that invitation and sent Whitney the invitation for, what was it, Mafia Slut? Yeah. And everyone else got, maf- like, Italian glam on their invitation. Like, please come in your Italian Italiano best. No, it wasn't mafia glam. It was like Italian it's, street. Right. Wear. That's what I meant. Like it wasn't like mafia slut. <laughs> it was, you know, I wish Whitney would have showed up in a mafia. I, slut. I'm surprised she didn't. She said she owned the pieces and you have thoughts about Whitney. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't get a grasp of her. She was just like fueling the flames. I don't know why she doesn't just like learn to shut things down. And Okay, this episode confirmed to me that the women are all friends because they fear God. And when you don't fear God, I will tell you, there is a release. <laughs> there, is, there is a release. And that's why all of these women are actually friends. It's not because they actually like each other. It's mm-hmm. because they are afraid they're going to be struck down by the hand of, you know, the almighty. Yeah. Whoever the almighty is for them. And that's like, I mean, I think Meredith and Whitney kind of touched upon it and the people are only friends with Mary because they think that she is God. Mm -hmm. And that is like terrifying. And I'm like, oh, it's because you guys are, and and to be fair, like that's a very interesting plot point because we don't get that with any other show. Right. But yeah, I'm like, I don't know if you actually like each other or you feel like you have to hang out because of like your faiths. Yeah, they all have different faiths. I know. Sometimes I'm always shocked when I'm reminded Lisa is the only LSD. Wait, LDS. <laughs> Honestly, maybe LSD. <laughs> um, I have to say Lisa's growing on me, though. <gasps> Finally. I, I, I have started, to, like, more and more as the season's gone on. But, like, in the bus. Let's, can we get to the, can we get to uh, the bus? Absolutely. When she was like, I don't think you should do that. To Heather, when Heather's like, should I call Jen? It's like, ma'am, Homeland Security was just here yeah. looking for her. Yes. So maybe don't give her a shout. 
Yeah. No, maybe. Maybe. I think that's called an accessory. Yeah. So like, please don't I would. implicate yourself in this at all. Yeah. And then Lisa, I don't know if you saw the first like five-ish minutes of Sunday's episode, but she's still just on fire. She's calling her lawyers. She's like, I think Meredith knows something. What does Meredith know? Maybe that's why Meredith wasn't there. I know. I thought that too. I mean, she said she thinks maybe Meredith knows something at least about about maybe something different. So I look, I'm sure they've all talked about Jen's business at this point. So it could just be like, I mean, oh, like, do you think that this could get I her don't know. in trouble? Like, maybe, maybe it could her just aunt be kind of like where she was. Her. Maybe her aunt but tipped them off. I think they're trying to set us up to think Meredith actually like knew that the authorities were coming, which I don't think she did, but I love the idea that she might. I do too. I really yeah. do. But it's like, this is literally the Homeland Security. Like they don't need Meredith Marks to tip them off. No, that's what people are forgetting. I'm like, this is the FBI. Like they, they have been job. watching her for some time now. And I don't think it's that hard to figure out where she is. Yeah. Uh, internal bleeding. Interesting to land on when you are trying to come up with a lie in the moment. I think she was told to say that on the phone. But why internal bleeding? Like that, you could have just been like, oh, like, you know, he is in the hospital and he's not feeling well. But like to say internal bleeding is nuts. <laughs> but to have to like leave the bus, like you have to, it has to be dramatic. You could just say, my husband is in the hospital, doesn't feel good. Yeah. That's, I wouldn't have asked any questions about that. I would have been like, oh, yeah, of course, go to him. But instead, she, like, comes up with internal bleeding, which is, like, a lot of questions come from that. I know. Heather was like, well, what do you mean? Like, asking so many questions. Jen's like, I have to go. Please yeah. stop hugging me. But you could see the wheels turning in her head. She totally. wasn't a very good liar. No. And I enjoy that. Yeah, I love how Whitney was like, I knew she, or no, Lisa in the preview says, I knew that it wasn't internal bleeding. I knew well, the moment she said it. Whitney was like, is this a prank? I know. Whitney thinks it's like strippers coming. I was like, Whitney, this is not a fucking prank. There's Homeland Security speaking to producers but she thought outside. The Homeland, her and Heather thought Homeland Security were literally like, um, like adult entertainment. I do have to tip my hat to the very annoyed producer who was on the bus and looked at them and was like, are we not going? I, I need to know. Are you guys being serious about this? <laughs> oh, but it's going to bring us some of the best television in We've all seen. time. This is the story now. I can't wait. Yeah. Like we're in it. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. And now we're finally here. It feels so good. And it, I truly was holding my breath. Watching. So was I. I was like, I know what happens, but I still can't believe this is happening. And Lisa, Lisa is like some of the best television I've ever seen. Very unintentionally. I know. She her her like delivery to, of things is just so mm -hmm. deadpan. Mm -hmm. I and she just looks so chic doing it. Like she's in a fur coat. <gasps> she looks coat. fabulous. She looks great. Yeah. Jenny like Heather also is just like, let's just go. Who cares? She was like, fuck this woman's husband. Yeah. Let's get on the fucking road. <laughs> Whatever. My my husband's a doctor. He's a, a chiropractor, but it's fine. And she's like, we'll just, he'll just, he'll just die of internal bleeding. It's fine. I want to go. I want to go to Vail. Yeah. And it's a seven hour ride. And we got it all on camera. Oh, God. And also I'm obsessed with how Heather just like really was just out there talking at the FBI and stuff. She oh, was no. like, wait, can I tell you my skin crawled off of my skeleton when Heather kept calling Homeland Security. 
the popo <laughs> to their faces. She was just like, I did, I'm, I was afraid of the popo before, but this. And I'm like, these are like truly like some of the they most perfect. Like, <laughs> they are quite like- literally in bulletproof vests. Yes, they have weapons and you're like, the popo. I was like, you're so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing for you. No, because she kept doing it. She just kept saying the popo. I I was like, I know my eyes are watering. Because I kind of forgot about that. The moment you said it, I was like, it took me back. It took me back to her sitting on the back of that bus being like the popo. And I really, really loved the moment. Where they're sitting on the bus and you see Lisa like look to Jenny and she's like, your hair's so long. As Homeland Security is in the background walking up to the bus. Like you can see them in the back. They look out the windows a lot because I like they were like truly surrounded and they were like, what snacks did you bring? (laughs) So like, did you bring any skinny pop? I'm like, what? Yeah, it was. But I will say also like this is so stupid, but I really do love a road trip snack. So I was kind of like, what's your go to road trip snack? Like a chip, probably a wavy lay, a wavy lay, like just an original. Um, Yeah. Or I do really I could really fuck with those um, sour cream and cheddar ones. Like I could eat a whole bag of those ruffles and by a whole bag. I mean, the party size bag. Family size. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, my mouth would get so cut up, but I would be the happiest. Yeah, I'm fine. I'll just like, literally like blood is pouring from my mouth. (laughs) But I'm still like licking my fingers for that little dust. (laughs) Allison, God bless you. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. I needed this giggle more than anything. Take that mystery guest. (laughs) She wouldn't be saying that. Yeah. So... I mean, any final thoughts on Salt Lake City before we get into... No, it's just going to get so good and I can't I know. We're going to have so much fun. Maybe you should come in next week. Hey, if someone bails. Okay, so we're done with Beverly Hills tier. But thank Mm -hmm. God we still have Winter House. Those little snow bunnies. We love them so much. I love these little ding-dongs so fucking much. I know. I, and I said this last time I was on, um, and also, again, so happy to be back. But watching people black out to, like, a disgusting degree is so fun. It's just so fun because it's not you, but you feel like you're living it, and then you don't – you're not hungover the next morning. Yes. Also, like, I'm 29, mm-hmm. and I took a turn at, like, 24. Six when I was like, when I would get really hungover. And I always boasted, like, I don't get hungover, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how they do it. They're they on must, a bender. They must actually just A, not stop drinking. And so it's like hair of the dog, but to like the nth degree. Yeah. Or they are suffering so much, but they are just like, we can't show it. And it, there's right. like tears in their eyes and mm-hmm. they have to grin and bear it. Gabby was huddled up next to the the Jenga because yeah, she was Gabby. like, I can't hang with these people. These people are fucking And that's nice. fine with me. She doesn't need to hang with them as far as she I'm doesn't. concerned. No, she can yeah. show herself the door. She if we can... want to talk about my skin crawling off my skeleton. Let's when, talk about it. When she, I don't even want to say this on a podcast, but when she said in Italian to Luke, I want, I want you inside me multiple times. And then 
translated it for him in his bedroom. And he said, oh, no. Oh, no. He, he was so aghast. It was aghast. And I thought he handled it well, where he's like, you know what? Like, I really do enjoy you as a friend. Uh, the second friend Zilla that we've gotten this lips. season. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. But then she was like, I'm just looking for something casual. But if it turns into something more meaningful, then I'm here for that. And he was and like, with that, I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't see the, that for us. Yeah. And then she like stormed out and got like blackout drunk. And he like walked to the bathroom and he was like, that was fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. He wasn't wrong about it. It was weird. And I was like, I bet maybe I've been Gabby before. Like, I saw myself in so many of these people. This I would so. never say something like that in English or a foreign language. I, so okay. I can promise my I can promise the listeners I am not I have not been a Gabby before. I've never looked at a man and said, I want you inside me. No. No. And I but never have I said you know, I'm like totally cool doing something casual, but if it turns into more, I'd be really, really okay with that too. Yeah, she truly said, I've been her. Yeah, that I the like, dumbest bitch alive. That's that, me. But that was like the least offensive part of all of it. It's the it, it was the Italian mm. and I Andy was oh Andy. Andy was like, whoa. <laughs> he speaks I, Italian, so he yeah. knew what she was saying. And he was like, Oh my God. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's manipulative. And I don't, I feel so bad for Paige. You and I have talked about this. Like her crying when she was like barely able to get the words personality out, when she was like, I just want people to see my personality. And like, it was like, what? But I've, we've all been there. Oh, where you're yeah. Like, can, you're sobbing and you can't even get a word out. I felt so bad for her. And she but, was just genuinely just sad. Like, she, I mean, you could tell she was sad so sad. I mean, she was feeling, also so drunk. Oh, she could not see 10 feet in front of her. But she was feeling all the feelings. And this fucking man walks in with a trash bag, sees them crying, and is like, oh. Yeah, he no. was wearing what he is. So. <laughs> He was justice himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a cute, a cute pick of him well, in his, his natural habitat. You know, I feel like that would be hard because it's like you are watching Sierra and Austin like be cute together. Oh, and course. it's like, you're like, wait, why isn't that happening for me? Yeah. And I mean, they are being like weirdly cute for a couple that isn't together anymore. Like. And, and they're like, it's like a movie. I think you found your soulmate. And I'm like, you guys aren't, they're not together anymore. No, they weren't together like a month after. <laughs> no, they've been in the same house for five days. Yeah. Yeah. But they're getting married. And but it is hard. It's like you have Amanda and Kyle on one side who are like an old married couple. But that's also something that's like, you know, you can be totally jealous of that too, that just normal relationship. Mm -hmm. Then you have somebody who's like, I use quotes, falling in love with Austin Kroll. And like, that is also tough. So I feel for her, especially because when you meet somebody that you're like, he's saying all the right things and doing all the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And that's sleigh ride. That is that. Here's what you won't catch me doing, going on a sleigh ride. I hate them. First of all, it moves at a snail's pace. Yeah, when they walked in and uh, who was it, Julia or someone was like, you were gone for a long time. <laughs> I was like, Wait, yeah. Are you they were when they walked in with McDonald's? Yes. And Paige was like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, because they were on a horse and buggy. Yeah. 
And like, that mean, shit doesn't move fast. It doesn't move fast, especially through the snow. And you have to pretend like you're looking at the surroundings, but it's like, I see the surroundings when I walk outside. So me moving 10 feet in three minutes, I've seen it all still. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm, I've gotten a little bit closer to that branch. But they may try to make it seem romantic. Mm-hmm. They tried. I but then they say, went to McDonald's. If there is a man listening to this podcast who is at all interested in me, I would love a sleigh ride. And if there's a man listening to this podcast that's interested in me, I would not. But that's fine. That's what makes the world go round, Sam. I know. We're not competing for the same person at this point. So that makes it a lot easier for our friendship. Allison, I'll take anything. The bar is in the ground, as you say. The bar is in the fucking toilet. It's in the gutter. (laughs) It is in the sewer. I mean, if a man ever, if a man I was remotely attracted to said, I got us a sleigh ride, I would be like, giddy up. We're going on this ride. But I do want to know what Paige ordered at McDonald's. I want to know oh, her order. Too, I love that. I love a well, McDonald's. Okay, it was February. Do you think she got a shamrock shake? <gasps> Ew. What? If she did. I can't look at her the same. I love shamrock shakes. I can't know. I haven't had one in like seven years, but, but I have fond memories. Yeah. It's disgusting. Okay. You're being a little judgmental. I did just say I would go on a sleigh ride with a stranger. Yeah, I don't so. know. Who am I to judge? Yeah. There was a really cute moment, actually, with Amanda and Kyle. And it was so brief. It was so quick. It was like they were dancing together. Oh. And they were, like, pointing at each other. And they were so drunk. But they were having the best time. And then, oh, of I course, thought there were a lot of cute Kymanda Ky- moments, actually. Yeah. When they FaceTimed his parents, I was like, that's cute. It is like, cute. When, like, uh, his dad said something, kind of like, dad at the end and she like mimicked him mm-hmm. also like congrats to kyle's family for being like a the founders of stowe and like olympic champions in skiing <laughs> who knew <laughs> the way that he just casually was like my family invented skiing i was yeah. like oh okay yeah All and right. also founded this town we're in like it was in it was crazy i was like i feel like you should have led with all of this yeah now but it then, makes sense why he wanted the master suite I know. And I'm like, this is just like, it's like just paying homage built. to your fa- founding fathers at this point. He should not be in the ba- in the drafty basement. I know. When he feels the walls and he's like, there's a draft. Yeah. Like, I mean, the oh. lower level is always known for being drafty and having spiders. The lower level. Shout and out to then when Amanda was taking her, her leather pants off, that was another cute moment for the two of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was blackout drunk and we've all been there where you're like, trying to get out of like a turtleneck or tight pants or, you know, tights or whatever it may be. And you just like collapse on the bed and you're like, I can't get them off. And you're just like, I'll just die like this. Yeah. You have like one leg out. Yeah. You fall asleep with the other leg still in. And she's a fun drunk, Amanda. She's a fun girl. I yeah, love she's a Amanda. Fun girl. The difference between this show and let's say like a Vanderpump or Southern Charm is like, I still love everyone on this show. Like, I feel like they're good people. Yeah, I don't I mean, think some of them should be on television. Yeah. But I think they're good people. It's interesting that we have like a core group of people that are kind of carrying the narrative. And it's interesting too, that Lindsay Hubbard has somehow become like a peripheral in this storyline. Crazy. And now she's flirting with Jason and they're eating soup. I know. I keep thinking, I keep calling him James, which would make his full name James Cameron, oh. the, the the man behind Avatar. 
Mm-hmm. And my I'm, friend worked on Avatar and referred to him as oh, Jim. Brag. Ah, well, I, I think that's like, a common thing for James's is Jim. But I don't think James Cameron needs to be called Jim by like a PA. <laughs> maybe that's how he introduced. Maybe he's a man of the people. Oh, okay. the people's director. Yeah. And then where do you land with Julia and Gabby at the drama? Oh, okay. So look, I do think Julia is one of those people who like probably just likes attention, mm-hmm. isn't going to turn it away. And I also understand Gabby's point of view where she was like jealous of it. Like mm-hmm. I totally understand. I totally understand that. I thought that Gabby like was a little childish and not just talking to her. And and then like when she was like ignoring her in the kitchen, I was like, you guys are friends. You met this man. And lest we be reminded, it's Luke. It's Luke. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about like the cream of the crop here. And so like you met him five days ago. And so it was kind of like frustrating to see like an actual friendship, like be kind of pulled apart by Luke after five days. And then when Luke just kept like going in on Julia, I was really happy with her at the end of the episode. I thought that that was a stand-up thing to do. And I think that she needs to like, hopefully moving forward, like respects Gabby, even though there's no chance in hell Gabby and Luke are happening at this point. So I don't think Luke and Julia are happening either. Of course not. Julia Luke finds no one. this man disgusting. I'm going to tell you what Luke's doing for the rest of the show. Building that igloo. Oh, God. That igloo. Oh, so I was watching Craig and Austin's live stream, obviously, sure you last were. week. Yeah. I found I'm myself sure you in, were. found myself in quite a pickle. Um, I hate them, but I love them. I can't figure it out. Every, every you know, I the wind changes and I, I love them. It's, it's very complicated, but. They were like watching the show and they said, they were like, the next time we do this, if we do it again, we have to bring clothes like for this trip. Like they brought nothing, but like Austin was like, I don't even have a coat. I have a vest. Yeah. And I've noticed he doesn't have a coat. Yeah. Um, He's like, I was freezing. He's like, I wasn't prepared at all. He goes, I just had cool ski stuff. Like I wanted to be the cool guy on the mountain. He's like, yeah. I didn't think about the house and like going places. And I, when I saw Craig's cutoff hoodie t-shirt situation, I was like, that's very clear. I am enjoying them this, this on this more. I don't understand the oh. fascination, oh. but I, I am, they're having fun and I loved their, I love their friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a beautiful friendship and I'm enjoying this season because it's like light. Like, I feel like we needed this, like mm-hmm. this kind of series right now because there's like the Jen Shaw and there's Potomac, which is kind of heavy. And then yeah. Erica, like I needed something light and breezy. Light and warm and fuzzy and it's perfect. It's just so good. And I'm sad it's so short, but they're really milking it. So I'm not mm-hmm. complaining. I know. And then hopefully Summer House will come very soon. I mean, let's hope. One can only hope. I need my Carl back on screen I know. I need my Carl too. I wish he would have made like a cameo. I know, but he's not taking his ass to Vermont. No. No. Um, well, that's pretty much it. I know. Our shows are kind of like, they're dwindling now. I know. We don't have seven to cover <laughs> anymore. <laughs> we don't have one for every day of the week. Right. Allison, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. You're a lifesaver. Where can everyone find you? You can find me at Allison Piwo and also just on the dip. Awesome. 
We are going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with my friend, Jamie Stein, who is an empath to the stars and he takes us on a journey. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit tryfacetwealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. All right, everybody, we are here with Jamie Stein, who is an incredible, intuitive empath. I had a personal session with him last year that completely changed my life. I'm not even just saying that. I referenced this conversation him and I had. I've referenced it on this podcast. I've referenced it with my friends, my family, anyone who will listen to me about the fact that I have witch-like intuition. That's a quote from him. He Those words left his mouth. So, hi, Jamie. How are you? Hi, Samantha. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. How are you? I'm so excited to talk to you because you give <laughs> the most amazing insight into these characters that we see on television. I can't get enough. Well, they're like, you know, I think more and more they're like modern day myths. You know, we used to have Greek mm -hmm. myths and storytelling has always occupied the sacred space in, in, in society. And we don't really have that anymore. We don't really have sacred storytelling. And I think reality TV is it. And these are our gods and goddesses and our icons. So yeah, we gotta, we gotta look at them and we gotta see what they're revealing about ourselves. Yeah. So, okay. I know what you do, but I don't know if my listeners do. So can you give us like a little bit like a, tell us like what it is that you do? 
Yeah, so I refer to myself as an intuitive and an empath. And basically, I feel like the gist of what I do is I'm able to channel or tap into people's unconscious thoughts and feelings that they might not even be aware of. So my work definitely operates from the idea and the principle that we are constantly in co-creation with life or reality or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And that everything that's sort of happening to us and around us in some way is a reflection of our internal landscape, or there's some sort of invitation for us to get to know ourselves deeper or to evolve through our current circumstances. So what that means is you might be someone who says in your conscious mind, like, oh my God, I want romance, or I, you know, I want the job promotion, but no matter what I do, I don't get it, or I don't understand why I'm struggling in this relationship or in that area of life. What I can do is I can go in and I can kind of find out what part of you might actually be saying no to the things that you want and why. Where might there be unconscious resistance or fear? Where might the blocks be coming from? Or what might be the deeper invitation? Like, what are you meant to learn from this? You know, why are you going through this situation? How is this helping you to evolve and to grow? So, yeah, it's really just about helping people to to know themselves better. I mean, like we see on the housewives, people have blind spots. We all have blind spots. So what yeah. I'm able to do is to go in and kind of shine a light on the blind spot. And then I think part of that too is really helping people connect to the deeper truth of who they are just in terms of, oh, this is your essence. These are your gifts. Or in your case, I, you know, I really feel like you have a witch-like intuition and you need to trust <laughs> it and to honor it. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, it's like, this is who you are. Let's create space for it. Because I think a lot of people have experiences early on where they learn they have to shut themselves down or they even label certain parts of themselves as bad or wrong because they were taught that when in reality, it's not bad or wrong. It's just who they are. And it's a question of honoring it and allowing it and changing their relationship to it. I love that. Let's get into Bravo. Let's talk Housewives. Let's talk Vanderpump. Um, I do have, you know, a couple people that I want you to really talk about mainly but first who do you think are the most misunderstood housewives that's a really good question like ever or currently just in general whatever comes to your mind god that's a really good question (laughs) who do i feel justice for this person i mean i know i have a lot of favorites who aren't really well liked but i don't know that i could call them misunderstood i think they're I think they can be assholes and that's why people don't like them. I just happen to have a soft spot for them. Um, who's actually... Look who you're talking to. Well, I love... We live in an age now, I feel like, where everyone feels a little bit more free just to claim their favorites regardless of whether they're... Because pro- they're all problematic in some way. Some more than oh, others. Oh, deeply. But... Yeah. Okay, let me... Well, I mean, look, I'll do... this is who's springing top to mind. I know I was sort of DMing you with about... I was DMing mm-hmm. you about this, but I've been feeling that way about Candace this season, which has been really surprising to me because I am one of those people, you know, I mean, I say this, I'm not very often actively triggered by housewives. Candace is literally one of the only housewives who in the past has deeply triggered me to my surprise this season. I felt myself really sympathetic towards her as far as being misunderstood. I mean, I guess just to explain that a little bit, you know, yeah, I just felt yeah like- explain that. There's this conflict that she's had with Mia, which I guess now is resolved. But, you know, she had this conflict with Mia. And I just felt like, you know, Mia started some shit. 
you know, she showed up on that video shoot. She, she, she was doing something there with Dorothy. That's a whole other conversation, but she was doing something with Dorothy. That was not innocent. She was stirring shit up. And I feel like Candace very rightfully came to her and said, look, you know, what were you doing? And Mia missed, like, I'm a straight shooter, totally deflected and denied. And rather than taking responsibility for what she was doing, she went left and really jabbed Candace about the video shoot. And I could, I could feel how much that hurt Candace at the time. And so I just felt like, so then, you know, Candace barbs back with her little, your mom's low budget, not even knowing what she's saying. Right. And just... Just the way that the women all kind of then like, you know, circled the wagons around Mia and were like, oh, Candace, you can't do this and you got to apologize and you got to be mindful. And I just for the first time, I felt for Candace that place inside that just says, wait a second, like no one has said anything to Mia about what she's done or said or how she participated in creating the situation. Everyone's telling me like what I'm doing wrong. And then, you know, knowing what I know about Candace and her history and her mother, like this is a pattern that she's grown up with all her life, right? Where these other women, Dorothy, Mia, get to do and say whatever the F they want to say. They can get away with murder. And then somehow it ends up being Candace's fault. And I just could feel, and then also seeing the double standard in the other women, like I'm really getting that this season, how selective, especially Giselle and Robin are in terms of what they decide to get self-righteous about, to get offended about. Last season, you know, there was no excuse for what Monique did. This season, suddenly it's, well, maybe Candace has a way of provoking people. It's like, wait a second, wait a second. This was the conversation right. we were having last season. So I just suddenly was like, you know what? I can feel this place inside Candace that just says like, basically no matter what I do, it's never right. Like, when is it my turn? And I... I know Candace is her own worst enemy. It's not that I don't see that she goes for the jugular. And I mean, again, I used to be very triggered by her, but it's just, there's something about her this season. I think also because I've seen her trying this season. Like I've really seen her looking back at what, even if she won't admit it, like she's trying this season, especially with Karen. And so I see, like when I see that she's trying and then I see like this, I feel the story she lives with of like, I never sort of get to have my say. I just feel how misunderstood she feels. And I think the other thing for her is I get that it's really hard for her to see this stuff. Like it's really hard for yeah. her to see what she does that does kind of, you know, sort of precipitate the reaction that she gets. Yeah. And I'm kind of guilty of this too. You know, that one reunion where it came out that Dorothy hit her with a purse and everyone thought it was funny. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's like Dorothy is abusive. Yeah. Obviously, she's been physically abusive. I think she's been emotionally abusive, even in the way that she kind of set Candace up to not be a self-sufficient adult and sort of made, it, made her dependent on her financially. And mm -hmm. I just feel like there's a way in which collectively most of us don't really take that in. I don't think Candace takes it in all the way, by the way. That's another big thing. But regardless, yeah. I think Candace has paid a huge price as a result of her mom. And I just see that and I feel that this season in a way that I haven't felt it in previous seasons. So I don't know. That's the answer that springs to mind. In yeah. This moment. I, I mean, obviously, I totally see where you're coming from. <laughs> You were on Bitch Sesh, one, and that's how I actually first heard of you. And mm -hmm. you gave some incredible, like, again, you say things and it sticks with me for years. You said two things about Jax Taylor 
and then Tom Sandoval. And I just mm. want to, I know Jax is not on the show, but I feel like he's still so like present in the Bravo community. Like people still talk about him. They still talk about Britney. They still want to know what he's, unfortunately was in Michigan very recently. I was like oh. getting lots of DMs. I was like, he's at a <laughs> pumpkin patch. So I just want you, if it's possible for you to talk or touch on Jax and like maybe why he does what he does. I'm just curious. Well, one, I mean, he just feels, and you know, I I say this as someone who has my own relationship to addict energy. He just feels like it's just addict energy. You know, he's just, he can't sit still. It's always on to the next thing, right? It's always, it's the next new thing, turning over the new Mm -hmm. leaf. You know, now I'm going to be the good boyfriend. Now I'm the fiance. Now I'm the dad. Now I'm this. Now I'm that. I think he's someone, yeah, he can't tolerate being with himself for even a moment. And I think, you know, the thing that always just comes through with Jax is a really just such a deep level of what I would kind of call entitled rage, you know, and I think I think Mm -hmm. he's really at odds with it. You know, you hear him say this all the time, like, you're not perfect. I always get the sense with him, like if I kind of feel the flavor of his energy, like there was some some point early in life where he just got fucked with, things were sort of done and said that weren't answered for, and he got hurt. And so there's this attitude in his mind of kind of like, well, no one else had to answer for what was what happened to me. Why the F should I have to answer for whatever I do? It's not fair. And so I think because of that, because of that wound, there is this sort of more superficial level of entitlement that just says, I want to do what I want to do. I think it covers, you know, a heartbreak in him that he doesn't want to feel. So I think what happens with him, though, because there is that thread of entitlement that says, I want to do what I want to do, what I want to do it, and I don't give a fuck. I think he knows on some level that's not that's not an attractive energy. That's not how we're supposed to think and feel, right? So I think right. he doesn't even want to let himself know that part of himself. Because, and this is so universal, right? We, we all have parts of ourselves we don't want to let ourselves know because then it's like, oh my God, that means I'm a bad person. So he kind of like disowns it, but then he's just acting out all over the place, you know? Whereas I think the true healing for him, like if I were working with Jax, what I would want to do is support him, like go so deep into that voice that says, I want to do what I want to do. Like, let that energy move in a really conscious way. Let it flow, let it speak. Because once he sort of lets himself get into deeper relationship with that, then he'll start to, like, start piecing together, where did this come from? Like, what, 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 where did this originate? What happened to him? You know, and I think he's, there's a lot of denial about his family of origin. The way that he kind of holds his father on a pedestal, but then demonizes his mom. There's just, it's clear to me he doesn't see what happened in his family clearly. And I think it keeps him locked in this really binary, good, bad, right, wrong. It's like the mind of a kid, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when I say that, I just can feel, yeah, there's just, there's a heartbreak and there's, there's just a vulnerability. He doesn't want to feel there. He's fighting it so hard. So is that, I don't know, is that shed insight? No, I love. (laughs) Okay, so someone that I find to be very complex within the Housewives cinematic universe is Miss Shanna Bador. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What a journey that's been. Yeah. I find Shannon to also be triggering for me in the sense that I I understand her on some level. And I find that to be really upsetting. (laughs) 
because I'm like, <laughs> why am I relating to this woman? And it's there's something about the way that she's able to like live out loud and really live out her insecurities like on camera that I'm just like blown away by. Like literally blown away. Meaning you find it inspiring or, or just the fact that she does it is just not inspiring <laughs> just the fact she does it because i'm just like holy shit what's going on right now and i would just love to hear your thoughts on shannon miss shannon bador if that's possible god what do we say so shannon's another one who's become difficult for me to watch i actually think she's i think a lot of these housewives do ultimately kind of benefit in a lot of ways from being on the show i don't mm-hmm. know about her i mean i guess in the sense of her if her marriage with david is really bad <laughs> And that helped her get away. Okay, great. Um, I mean, it doesn't quite feel like a Tamara situation where with like Tamara, you're like, oh, good. You got out of there. Yes. I mean, Shannon, because when Shannon started, I mean, I don't want to say she's a different, I mean, we're not different people, but it's like, when I go back and watch season nine, I'm like, wow, you were so It's a whole different person. Yeah. I mean, it's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking how she's devolved. Mm -hmm. She became like a character. Of herself. Of like herself. it's been kind yes, of like bizarre to watch because I really liked Shannon. I think people related to Shannon. I liked how when she like to come in as a first season housewife and be as open as she was about her marriage and her life, I was like blown away by it. And now I'm like, what is happening? Like this feels dark. Well, and she was likable and she was even fair. You know, I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. remember the specifics, but I remember even in her conflicts, I remember her like she didn't go low with Tamara and Heather. And even I remember kind of when the season ended, as far as David was concerned, she owned up to the fact that she was, you know, she said, I came on this thinking he was going to see himself on TV and apologize to me. And I I realized Mm -hmm. I was a huge part of the problem. I was like, wow. Like, I remember feeling like this is a woman who has self-awareness and a certain degree of integrity. Um... And I just feel like that's gone out the window. I feel like, you know, she's morphed into someone who is all about collusion. You know, I mean, her whole relationship, I feel like with Tamara, that bond that they formed, like 75% about that was about them just colluding against Vicky. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part of the reason why Tamara betrayed her boundaries with Shannon, because it was sort of, I think they were kind of like in an us versus you mentality Mm -hmm. so we're sort of in this together to the end and so with shannon i mean yeah she just seems so preoccupied with the fame i mean she really does and you Mm -hmm. know to your point like she has a shtick now she dresses in costumes she yells i'm shannon yeah for me it's it's, (laughs) yeah it's painful i mean it's really it's painful Mm -hmm. I, i feel like her world has become the show that's a, and that's a dangerous place to be, I think, as a housewife. It's like, I think really great housewives, they know they're on the show, but they're not like playing into being on the show, if that makes sense. Like, I think Tamara does a great job of that. Yeah. Actually, like where she's like, yeah, I'm really good for the show. I would love to come back. But it's not like her whole life. Like, she's not. I don't know. I think she's like a lot more grounded than Shannon. And that's the thing. That's actually why, you know, Orange County is typically my favorite franchise. And I think that confuses a lot of people. But one of the reasons why (laughs) I love Orange County Uh is because I do love that they are big fishes in a small pond. And I think you see a lot like I feel like Tamara and Vicky, you know, so many of them, they're into the show. But they also I feel like like when you're in Real Housewives in New York. 
or Atlanta, you become a part of the pop culture zeitgeist in a way mm-hmm. where you really get almost almost sort of credibly famous. Whereas yeah. I feel like in Orange County, I mean, this sounds like a strange way to say it. I feel like generally they know their place. I feel like they know mm-hmm. kind of once the show's over, it's done. It's like a good thing while it goes. I kind of like that about Orange County because to me, it never becomes about the fame. But Shannon's an exception. It feels like, yeah, it feels like the show is who she is at mm-hmm. this point. And without it, what what does she have? And it's it's like when I say that, it's painful. It's very painful. Like she's she's not, she doesn't have a lot going on. And especially, you know, like she's at that age where her kids are like one of them's already gone off to college. So I Mm -hmm. I was imagining what happens when her time on the show comes to an end or the show comes to an end. That's over. Suddenly her Mm -hmm. kids aren't even in the house anymore. Whatever disastrous relationship she's in maybe implodes. You know, it's like, yeah, she's just sort of left with herself. It's like, I mean, it's hard. It's like now I kind of feel for her. But um, (laughs) I feel like, you know, I feel like there's someone like Tamara who really use the show as a vehicle for, I mean, and look, don't get me wrong. I understand Tamara has her limitations, but I do Mm -hmm. feel like she used the show as a vehicle to kind of get to know herself better and to make constructive changes in her life so that she was better off by the time she left. Whereas with Shannon, it feels like she used the show as a way to like almost depart from herself even more. And so that's, that's tough. Yeah. (laughs) She's hard for me to watch on it. She's hard for me to watch at this point. That's real tough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so i notoriously have really turned on tom schwartz okay i was never with him (laughs) yeah okay never with him i welcome yeah i'm happy to be here (laughs) i don't know what it is like I rewatched Vanderpump Rules and I literally wrote an apology to Katie Maloney via the dip article because I was like, holy shit, I've had this wrong the entire time. Like Tom is a nightmare. A nightmare. Tom is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I binge watched VPR, like I think the first six seasons all at once Mm -hmm. and just, when I saw what he was doing, I mean, I, I think the, I think the real moment for me where it all clicked was maybe the first time he got caught cheating oh, or making out with someone, and he pulled her aside at a bar in front of people. Like, first of all, yeah, did it right then and there. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, let me wait till we get home. Let's do this. You know, it's like I got to do this right now. I'm pulling you aside, concocted some bullshit story, and then the second she like had anything to say about it, immediately just went into. Oh, Bubba, don't be upset, Bubba. Like, don't be upset. And I was like, dude, like, let her have her feel. Like, you just dropped. Like, it was so passive aggressive and controlling and manipulative. It's like you aren't even letting her have space to have any feeling. He never lets her. I do too. I, he doesn't let her have her feeling. And like, it just fuels this like narrative that Katie is like this bitch that Katie is like mm-hmm. over the top. And like, I'm, sh- I know Katie has her flaws for sure. But when it comes to Tom Schwartz, I mean, what he told, I mean, but he's done that to her multiple times where he's told her that he's made out with some girl or, you know, <laughs> fuck some girl. And he's told her this in public, like in front of people. So like, she can't have a reaction. Mm-hmm. Because then she's crazy. Then she's yelling and she's mad and she makes a scene. And then he's like, all I wanted to do is have a nice dinner. It's like, well, you cheated on me. 
What do you mean? <laughs> you know, and yeah, I find no, him no. and Tom Sandoval's relationship to be very strange. You know, Tom's interesting because I've I've loved Tom from the beginning. So it's Sandoval, like, you know, I, I want to yeah, I want to claim okay. that I've lo- I've I've been told I've had Tom Schwartz and from the beginning. I've loved Tom from the beginning, but. I mean, you know, I love Tom's emotions, his earnestness, his heart, his sincerity. But yeah, with Tom, what I have been aware of, look, he's been codependent from the beginning. You know, like, look at who he surrounds himself with. So, you know, it's just been interesting to me because from the beginning, I've been like, oh, my God, Tom's got this beautiful heart. It's mm-hmm. just so, he has so much love to give. He's got creative energy. There's so much he wants to do. Isn't it interesting that he kind of hang like you know, what's the expression? Like he, he sort of ties his caboose to like, I mean, this is judgmental me, but like to trash, you know? And so I've always been aware of that. And I've always been aware of like, well, you know, no, I mean, seriously though, you know what I mean? I mean, this is no, I know. Of course, I got it. Yeah. We're all judgmental. Um, we're on a podcast. We're judgy. Exactly. Yeah. I like to let people see that I have my humanity and my judgments because we all do. And I also want to say, because I actually did once have a client who got a little, I want to say, if any of these people showed up to do work with me, I would completely shift into another. Yeah, you can compartmentalize. Yeah. Yes, exactly. As we all do. No, but yeah, I mean, I feel so supportive of him. I really do have so much care for him. I think, yes, but I think there's a part of Tom that does like to so one thing that i noticed with him for example i look at patterns right he was with Kristen Doty. we all know and like you know it came out by the end they weren't having any sex obviously she was cheating on him Mm -hmm. she was completely untrustworthy so then he moves on to ariana right who's like much more the right fit but then it's interesting because even her it comes out that she's you know she's got her own ambivalence around sex and sexuality Certainly, she doesn't even know she wants to be married and have kids. And so I, what's interesting to me is here's Tom, who I experienced as this really kind of like loving guy with this big masculine heart. He wants to be a husband. He wants to be a father. Mm-hmm. I feel like he wants to fuck Ariana. Like this is sort <laughs> yeah. of, again, his conscious mind. This is what he says he wants. Isn't it interesting that he, I mean, I'm saying always, as long as we've known him, he's always been with women, though who don't meet him there. So for me, it's like, what's the part of Tom? I feel like there's this part of Tom, as much as he has this really big heart and this creative energy, that's kind of saying, I'm never giving this all the way to the world. Kind of like, fuck you. Like, I'm not, I'm not participating all the way. I'm hoarding some of this to myself. And so I think there's a way in which it serves him to kind of be with these, in these codependent relationships with these people who a lot of times it doesn't really feel like they match his heart, his love, his mm-hmm. creative energy, because it becomes a kind of way that he gets to, there's some investment he has in holding himself back. And I mm-hmm. feel this sort of fuck you, this middle finger he's giving to the world, like you're not getting all of this. So yeah. when you ask about this sort of codependent relationship he has with Schwartz, I mean, do you want me to go really deep with this? Because I've been thinking oh a my lot God. about this this season. Yes, of course. What I find interesting is that Tom gets really defensive on his male friend. Like, so you, you always knew he didn't like Stassi and he, he did. didn't like what she made Jackson to. We all mm. know he's got animosity towards Katie and what she makes Schwartz into. So again, I see patterning here around kind of like Tom's idea and image of the thwarted male. And I feel like, you know, the guy who's been being kept down by the quote unquote bitchy woman, 
I just, I always wonder about this, especially seeing how close he is to his dad. Mm-hmm. I just, if look, if he were here for a reading, I'd kind of want to ask him about his relationship with mom. What was going on between mom and dad? Was there some sort of early modeling of like the quote unquote bitchy woman who keeps the guy down and it's the guys in it together? Is that the source of Tom that's pulling back from mm-hmm. really being in his love and appreciation of women? Because you feel it, right? Like he, he yeah. loves Ariana so much. Loves but her. like I said, in the place where we create our own reality, something in him isn't bringing in a relationship where he's met. So I just feel like there is an ambivalence. And it would make sense because Ariana's ambivalent, right? They're sort of matching each other. Mm-hmm. I think there's an undercover ambivalence in him around, yeah, offering that love, being in truly reciprocal relationship with a woman where they're kind of, there's their, their, their flow, their energy is flowing. And so just to bring this background to Schwartz and Katie, it's like, there's a way in which it feels like it sort of serves him to just see Schwartz as like the sort of, yeah, he's a battered wife. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Katie's the bitch. Mm -hmm. And then they all get to hang out in this swamp together and he doesn't have to like fully flow Mm -hmm. I feel all of that (laughs) is there anything else that you feel like you just need to share that you need to get off your chest today anything you want to explain to the masses I'm really excited for Orange County to come back I hope it makes a comeback I have heard amazing things like for amazing. real amazing things or just no, Andy like for real. things usual? No, okay, it's not Andy. <laughs> it's like I've heard things that have happened while filming. Okay, and I'm good, like, good. oh, yeah, baby, we're back. Can we just acknowledge that? I mean, I know I had a bumpy few seasons. Orange County brings it. And I just feel I like it. people do not give Orange County enough credit mm-hmm. at all. They Those women, maybe not the last two seasons, but other than that, they bring it in such a yeah. real and raw way and I, I love it I love it and I I mean I this is a hot take I'm a Gretchen fan I love Gretchen <laughs> I can't help myself she's a Scorpio sister I love her like I know she's delusional you love watching her or you love her I don't know I don't know <laughs> it's a safe it's can... yeah I know it's like I can't I know that she has problems like on Instagram with face tuning herself and her child. I find it to be really <laughs> wrong. Um, I don't enjoy that, but I did enjoy her on the show a lot. I really did. Except for her last mm-hmm. season, which even Andy Cohen called her out on it and was like, this proposal was like obviously fake. <laughs> what did you happening? feel it was time for her to leave? And also yes. did you feel it was time for Vicky to leave? Oh my God. Well, one of my greatest regrets in life is ever calling for the firing of Tamara Judge. Mm-hmm. With Vicky, mm-hmm. I felt it was time. I I mm-hmm. think only I'm saying that because of who the cast was at that time. Like, she just didn't, it didn't work anymore. Like, it, and I'm not saying it was right or wrong. I think Kelly Dodd should have been gone a long time ago. Yeah. But at the time, I mean, we were all kind of like rooting for Kelly, which is really unfortunate and really embarrassing. Not, not me. I just okay. love the record show, not me. Not me. <laughs> well, I've been anti Kelly Dodd for a long time. <laughs> well, I am now part of the anti Kelly Dodd fan club. Very Welcome. like. Welcome. Yeah, it feels, <laughs> again, feels great to be here. Wow. Can I give you a hot take? Oh my God. 
Yes. So I have a hot take about Orange County. Do you know who I credit the downfall of Orange County to, actually? Who? Shannon Bedore. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I think think what really splintered that show was when the women refused to make up with Vicky. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, I think Shannon was the driving force behind that. I think had it not been for Shannon, Tamara would have come around. Mm, I think Shannon was like dug in her heels so strongly into that. And it fractured that cast kind of past the point of no return. Like the damage had kind of been done by that point. And I felt like it was so hard for them to rebound from that. Mm -hmm. And um, I really do. I think that Shannon, her just sort of vindictive, unwilling, like she had to put the screws to Vicky. Mm -hmm. And it, it annoyed me so much. There was such double standards there. I couldn't. Because can I just say something? This is another hot take. Yeah, keep I don't going. Get what they were so, I don't get what they were so upset about. I understand what Vicky. This is what Vicky did. Vicky okay. was hurt that they brought the Brooks stuff out on camera. Now, look, God bless them. It was a great season. I understand right. that Vicky was kind of sitting there saying, like, why did you guys do this? Based not Vicky's point of view. So next season, she's befriending Kelly Dodd. This is what Vicky did. Off camera, she was like, I don't know why they have so much to say about Brooke. I hear things about Eddie. I hear things about David. I don't say it. That's what she did off camera. Mm-hmm. By the way, are you going to tell me fucking Shannon doesn't do stuff like that? Tamara, like, are you going to tell me they're not all talking about each other behind their backs off right. camera? Kelly is the one who brings this on camera. And suddenly it's just like the world is ending and Vicky is like, Enemy number one. I just couldn't deal with the self righteousness. It's like it, no, it just, I know. It. She look. Vicky's problematic, but like, yeah, just the way they were on their high horses with that. It's just like get the f over. I it. hate that. That's a thing right now in Beverly Hills a little bit with Dorit and Garcelle, where she's like upset with Garcelle for talking about her and Andy, and I mean everybody on the couch was like, we all talk about each other. It's literally the show. What do you mean? Like, in- what are we watching? It's insanity. Um, oh, my God. Well, we're going to have to chat more um, in, like, a private sesh, clearly. <laughs> I just want to ask you, like, where can everyone find you? Like, where can we hear you? Yes. Where can we find you? Well, definitely check out. I have a podcast now. So yes. if you like these kind of housewife hits, that's my podcast. It's all that. It's Deep Dive with Jamie Stein. I just launched season two. And then... It- Follow me on Instagram, J-A-M-I-E-S-T-E-I-N. I I have all sorts of content there. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you're interested in the work I do, head over to my website. It's hollywoodreadings.com. You can kind of read more about the work there. And then you can email me to find out more about sessions if you want to. Oh, my God. Amazing. You work so great. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, we have new episodes every Tuesday, which are pop culture related. And every Friday is Bravo Friday. And this podcast is brought to you by The Dip. So for 20% off at thedip.com, use H-O-T-M. And that is H-O-T-M. And again, I am a words of affirmation person. So if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, that would be amazing. And make sure to check out the other amazing podcasts brought to you by The Dip. There's TV Watcher Pete, Pop Chaser. So I know you guys love Allison. Those are her podcasts. She's incredible, of course. That's why I literally have always have her on. And then of course, there's like Exposed, which is a drag race podcast, a slut pick podcast. There's so many. So just check those out and I will see you guys around. Bye.
Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 